Welcome to The Get Together. Together. This is a show about the nuts and bolts of community building, and I am your host, Bailey Richardson, a community researcher at People & Company with Kevin. I'm Kevin Huynh. I'm another guy on this podcast who also researches communities and hangs out with Bailey and changes his intro every single time. Yeah, we're trying to be creative. Trying, trying to be. I get it. Get keep, outside Keep the going, box. dude. Get in the box. <laughs> Go around the box, <laughs> build a better box, and put that inside another box. Yeah. Matryoshka box. Is that what it's? The I, nesting dolls? Yeah, matryoshka. Matry- Russian Thank nesting you. dolls. Uh, each episode, Kevin and I are going to interview people who have built communities about just how they did it. How did they get the first people to show up? And how did they grow to hundreds, thousands more members from there? Today, we're talking to Hector Espinal, who started Rue Crew, a running group that has met every single Monday night in the Bronx for the last five years. Every single Monday night, no matter the weather, winter, summer, it doesn't matter. Heck is there. And it's a sight to behold. There can be up to 100 people running with Heck and his partner, Josh, every Monday starting at 7 p.m. This is a diverse group. Folks are speaking Spanish, all sorts of different languages. People are different shapes and sizes, different types of runners, you know, from very slow to multiple marathoners. And as everybody runs down the street, right in the bike lane, almost like a group of skateboarders, the neighborhood will hoot and holler at the people running by. So we've gotten to go a few times and it's been just an awesome experience. We're going to get into the meat and potatoes of just what inspired Heck to start Rue Crew and how those first runs went. And we'll also ask him, you know, just why he's so passionate about bringing this group together and why he's stuck with it for five years. So, Kev? Today we hung out with him in Central Park. Mm-hmm. We, we met halfway downtown and uptown on a picnic bench in Central Park. I think there were helicopters at some point above us. There were. You might hear them. <laughs> <laughs> That's my excuse for the audio. Um, what stood out to me about Heck? It was so fun to uh, sit down with him. Um, hear more about his story because we've we've attended the runs, we've spoken to him sort of quickly, hung out at Bodega Pizza afterwards. But it's another thing to really have some time to go into, you know, why he cares about Rue Crew, what and you know how he got into it initially. The big thing that stuck out to me was his evolving reason for organizing this community. It started from a place of I want to get fit. You know, all my family members, they're, I've all been into sports. I became a big guy. And like, I just, at some point I knew I had to get fit and he was just kind of screaming on social media, like somebody run with me, somebody run with me. And he would shame them if they didn't come with him. And he would say, it's like, it was almost a selfish reason. Eventually, you know, he starts this crew with Josh and they're creating this crew um, that's really for the neighborhood that's gathering. And one step further today, he's reflecting on like, you know, we do this for the community, for our neighborhood. Uh, but what impact are we really making? And he's even thinking now about, you know, how do I really use this as a platform to impact the youth in my neighborhood? You know, I I grew up here. I see how kids today in my neighborhood don't have what I believe are the best outlets to be themselves, to explore themselves, to build a better future. And what can I do with Rukru? So that he is continuing to challenge himself yeah. as an organizer of this community to sort of, you know, do something really special with his community. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I think when I think about our conversation with Heck and how he's grown and just put one foot in front of the other, I mean, quite quite literally. Oh, but, nice one. Whoa. <laughs> um, 
I just feel like the guy is kind of a yes or yes person. You know, he yeah. makes things happen yeah. and he continues to grow for that reason. And Rue Crew has continued to grow for that reason. Yeah. So cool. Let's dive in. All right, Heck. You want to get going on this podcast situation? Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Let's We're do recording this. you, by the way. Okay. We didn't even ask you. Is that That's cool? That's okay. No, right. no, 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 this is what we're here for. Yeah. All right, Rad. So I want to start out with one of my favorite quotes, which maybe you've heard. It's a James Baldwin quote, and he said, Fires can't be made with dead embers, nor can enthusiasm be stirred by spiritless men. And, like, my translation of that is you can't fake the funk. You have to really give a damn about whatever it is you're doing if you want other people to care and show up to. So I wanted to ask you about why you got into running and where, you know, all of Rue Crew comes from that. So can you take us back? So I, uh, I've never been athletic. I've never played any sports. Um, sports are very important in my house, basketball, baseball. My dad's really into sports. My brother's really into sports. All the men in my family are really into sports, but me. So I've always kind of mm -hmm. been the black sheep. My dad would beg me to sit down and watch a baseball game with him. And it would always be the same thing, like, oh, I'd rather go play video games or I'd rather be surfing the web. I've always been into, like, shoes and sneakers and the style of sport. So, like, wearing athletic gear but not really playing just because I wasn't any good at it. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't play any sports, I gained a lot of weight growing up. Um, I've always been on the heavier side. Um, I'm, I'm a big foodie. I like to eat. I like to try new foods. Uh, I have like a list of menus at home, like on my fridge. Like this <laughs> day, like yeah, 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 this yeah. is where, where I want to eat. Or I want to try this next <laughs> time we go out. Um, but yeah, so I gained a lot of weight. I was in a two-year relationship. Um, you know, you get really comfortable in a relationship. You're going out to eat. You're um, there wasn't much working out. Once the relationship was over, I saw how much weight I gained and it really, really bothered me. I got into this funk, I didn't want to go out, I didn't want people to see me, um, none of my clothes fit. Mm -hmm. And I've been collecting streetwear since high school. So, you know, you, you wear the same pieces over and over again. I've always been like in between a, a large and a 2X. Like that's mm -hmm. always been the range, but um, it got to a point that my biggest clothes didn't fit me. And my smallest clothes didn't fit me at all. And it just got really difficult. I always tell people, you see your weight gain or your weight loss in your clothing. You don't need a scale to tell you. Mm. You've been wearing that hoodie for 10 years. That time you try to put it on and it doesn't <laughs> fit, you know something's wrong. Or if it yeah. fits too big, you know you're doing something correct. That's how Ruku started. I was just really, really sad, really depressed. And we started working out. My sister took me on my first run. Um, Can you tell me about that first run? Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I remember what I was wearing. Mm. Um, I was wearing uh, Nike training shoes, yeah. basketball shorts, and, uh, and a pro combat shirt. Yeah. And we went out for a run. Um, we went to Riverbank Park. We started on 165th. We ran from 165th to 145th. We did uh, some bullshit workouts that we, no, <laughs> none of us knew what we were doing. But my sister and all her friends are really fit. They've always been really fit without having to work out. Yeah. So your sister like, got her friends together to go running with you. Yeah. Oh man, they, that's they, a big moment. Well, they were they were going out. They were okay. Yeah. They they've always they they've always looked naturally fit. They didn't have to work out. They, that's just how they were. And they were like, oh, now we want abs. And they, like, they were on this, on this health tip. And I was like, all right, cool. They were like, yo, come join us because you need it more than anybody else here. So I went out with my sister and her friends. It was cool. It was the summer, but it wasn't really a thing. I ran with them a couple times. They all started college. So it was like, yo, we kind of can't do this anymore. Like, we have to focus on See school. Like, yeah. Like, my sister was like, yo, have your friends help you. Yeah. If they're your real friends, they'll work out with you. I would go on my notes and I would put a location like meet me at 
168 from Broadway. We're going for a run on the bridge. And you're just run. texting people? What's no, the I, would, deal? I would screenshot it and put it on Facebook. Oh, put okay, it on Instagram. okay. Cool. Um, if anyone came, I would go. If no one came, uh, I forget what app at that point you can add video to. But whatever the app was, I would go and guilt trip people. Like, like, yo, this is crazy. All my friends are out smoking weed or partying. No one could come run with me. No yeah. one, no, none of my quote unquote friends. And I would just go on this like tirade on social media, like talking shit about why people didn't come. And I guess eventually people just started feeling bad where it's like, damn. Yeah. This guy's like, I was pretty much asking for help. I was going on social media and publicly asking people to help me lose weight. Yeah, yeah. can I ask you how you got to that point? Because that's a pretty brave thing to do. I just, it, there was no other way. I didn't want to do it alone. Yeah. And I knew for a fact that if I did it by myself, like when I went out by myself, a couple times that I did, I would run a couple blocks and then I was like, uh, and then just start walking and, and, or sometimes just even turn back, like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. But when you have a group of friends, it's really, really hard to not do something. Mm. You have people that are holding you accountable. You have someone you can talk to. You have a support system. I've always been very social and uh, people would gravitate towards me. But I'm like, why can't you guys come run with me? Like, come work out. Like, let's not go smoke. Let's not go drink. Let's not go party. Let's go have fun. Yeah. Let's go work out. And everyone's like, nah, heck, we're yeah. good, bro. Like, yeah. We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna go work out. So who did show up? Because this was, was five years ago. Women. Yeah. It was it was women. Really? None of the guy, none of my guy friends showed up. Why at do first. you think that is? Because one, women have sympathy. <laughs> so it's like, like a lot of the girls that came to run with me felt bad. It was like, damn, this guy's like really on social media asking us to come work out with him. They also wanted to be the best versions of themselves they could be. Running uptown wasn't usual, especially social running. You would see like middle-aged white person only running yeah. on Riverside Drive and those people weren't even from the neighborhood at that point. They were just like running their long run or, yeah. or their training run on Riverside Drive. You never saw anyone on Broadway, Amsterdam, yeah. Fort Washington Avenue. It was always Riverside Drive. They would pass the hospital, run down, and I'm assuming they would go down to the West Side Highway and then yeah. run back. Yeah. So when people started seeing us doing it, it was very, very different. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until a big group of girls started coming out that the guys started to come out. Yeah. Um, I remember <laughs> one of the first persons to come out was my coworker Jabbar and uh, another coworker named Jensi, where it's like, oh, oh, wait, you have all these girls running? I want to mm -hmm. come through. How did they know that? Did you post pictures? Media. I would always stuff? post pictures. I would always post pictures. Like, if it was one person or 10 people, I would always post a picture. Yeah. Um, met Josh through a mutual friend. And yeah. Josh is your co-leader now. He's yeah. my partner. Everything, everything we do that's like freaking frack, yin and yang. <laughs> freaking frack. No matter, like, all our decisions are made together. No matter mm -hmm. how big or small, yeah. um, everything gets brought back to the drawing board and we decide if it's beneficial for the group. Met Josh. Josh didn't run at all. No way. Josh, he seems like he's, he's such a... Very yeah. athletic. Soccer, football, basketball, baseball just no running yeah and it was like pulling teeth to get this guy to run <laughs> why did you pull his teeth why did you get him to get involved why do you want him involved? so when i saw when he first started coming around it's like oh good i like this guy and i saw like he spoke with conviction yeah um he he seemed very very passionate about what we were doing uptown yeah. and it seemed like someone who was not only beneficial to what i was trying to do but this was something that would help him yeah and uh not that he didn't have anything going on but he didn't have this kind of project on his plate yeah and uh i i, I lied to josh i was like yo if you come to this run with me we'll get free sneakers it was a hyperfield <laughs> it was a hyperfield run when the hyperfields first came out yeah. it was a scavenger hunt i bring josh down and we lose i thought we were all gonna get shoes i didn't know it was a scavenger hunt you had to win the shoes so whatever we don't win the shoes and he likes it 
and through Josh, Josh worked at Nike Town at the time. So oh, through, I didn't know that. Through Josh, we were able to tap into like people who were athletic that worked at Nike but also lived uptown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our runs used to start. It's always been Monday. Yeah. Um, before Josh, it was just every day of the week. Whenever I had a free hour, yeah. or a free thirty minutes, that's when I would go run. Once I met Josh, you know, Josh had a schedule. Josh and my schedule was completely different. Josh worked retail. I worked at the hospital. I got out at 4 o'clock every single day, no matter what, unless mm-hmm. I did a double shift. Mm-hmm. Josh's schedule um, fluctuated because he was uh, he was working retail. So some uh, yeah. days he would close, some days he would open. So we decided to lock in Mondays. We were like, yo, we can't do this every day. Our schedules are conflicting. Let's pick a day. We pick Monday, start the week off fresh. Yeah. Um, the reason we picked Monday was because NRC and Nike Town was on Mondays. So we would all do, not NRC, NTC. Mm. Oh, Nike, Nike Training Club. Club. It was on the rooftop. We would do NTC first. Uh, NTC started at 7 o'clock, yeah. ended at 8.30. And then we would try to recruit as many people uh, who were coming uptown mm. from NTC to come uptown to run with us. Mm. Uh, we used to run out of the terminal. How did you time. recruit them? Did you hand out any, like, no, anything? No, we, just pulled, just like... we just pulled up on them. Yeah. And it's like, yo, we're going uptown. You yeah. want to come uptown? We're going to go for a run. Uh-huh. And Josh knew most of the people because he worked at, the, at Nike Town. Yeah. Um, this was post-Summer of Fuel. So a lot of these faces were very, very familiar because yeah. I participated in every single Summer of Fuel event. Yeah. Wow. Um, and those were like Nike events. All Nike events, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until like, Root Crew didn't become like, uh, uh, it was always like hashtag we run uptown. Yeah, I want to ask you that question. So you're running, women are showing up, dudes start showing up, then you meet Josh, who becomes your partner. It's but at what Root point Crew, are you like officially, we have a name? It's, it's no Instagram account, it's just still hashtag we run uptown. Yeah. And that's what we're going off of. And it's like all the pictures, it's hashtag we run uptown. Yeah, so I meet Knox Robinson from Black Roses at a... Which is another running club yeah, in New York. Running club. We meet at a stick at the Mercer Stickball Challenge. Okay. I'm a housekeeper at the hospital at this time, and I'm, like, with all these influencers. Miss Info from Hot 97. Oh, uh, yeah. Sean Pekas from, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Def Jam. Who else was there? Knox Robinson, Jesse Zappo. There's, there was just so many people there that I didn't know. Well, that I knew that I followed. Vashti was there, yeah. that I follow on social media. And then it's Hector, this housekeeper. You know, and it's Hector, like Hector the housekeeper. Yeah, so it's like when people come up to me, and I'm young. I'm like I'm 20. I'm not even. I don't think I'm 21 at the point. Yeah. I, I'm thinking I'm wow, like 20 years old. Dang. Everyone would come up to me like, oh hey, you know, when all these people, all these like uh, influencers and creatives are all in the same room, and you don't know one person, you ask, what do you do? Yeah. Like, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm I'm Hector. I'm a housekeeper at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital, and I was a college student at the yeah. time. And they're like, oh yeah, how did you get invited to this event? Because they all got handpicked. I won on Twitter. so i got i got picked through twitter i got a dm on twitter they were like hey do you want to go play stickball and this is at like it was was huge production they took us to like city field to train with some some of the guys from the mets they were teaching us like the basics (laughs) we had cleats and we're in the dugout and like 13th witness is the photographer oh yeah i know him he's an early instagrammer yeah (laughs) it's like this really crazy (laughs) surreal moment where it's like, damn, heck. I didn't know what an influencer was until that day. Mm. I just knew, like, yo, Vashti's really cool, and she had her own Jordans, and this person does this, and this person does that. But I didn't know brands gave back, or what an influencer was, or how important these people were to the downtown movement. Yeah. And I asked Knox that day, I'm like, what do you do for a living? And he says, I'm a runner. And I just, I, I the same face, just, just blank, <laughs> blank look on my face. You're a what? Like, he's like, yeah, I'm a runner. Like, I, like I, I run. I'm like, oh, cool. I started this thing uptown. It's called 
hashtag, that's exactly what I told them, hashtag we run uptown and we meet every Monday and we've been running and we do X, Y, and Z. And he's like, oh, that's dope. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. We're like doing the same thing. He's like, yeah, I've been doing this for 10 years. Wow. Or eight years or yeah. nine years, whatever it was at that point. And that completely bursted my bubble because mm. I thought I had started something like groundbreaking. I'm like, yo, <laughs> I can't wait till people see this. And Summer of Fuel kicks off. I go to every Fuel event and I meet Knox again at the Montauk Project. So the Montauk Project was this like three-week program of elite training for urban athletes. They flew us out. We got we jumped on a seaplane on the on the East River Jeez. and flew out to Montauk. The glory days. It was fucking crazy. It was, it was like during the, the release of Flying It, like when wow. Flying It first yeah. came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And each week, a different group of people got to go. You had to earn your slot. I'm sure they handpicked some people, but I earned my slot at NRC mm. at NTC. Yeah. And I remember like them questioning me winning where it's like I was the biggest guy there mm -hmm. and I beat like skinny dudes but you know the field man had its algorithm yeah and it, it wasn't about like how much it, it was about how much movement you did yeah and it was fair and square I was there in front of a bunch of people yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. like there was no way like I won yeah. fair. you guys saw me sweaty and out of breath yeah. whatever I remember people talking up. about <laughs> taking the fuel bands and putting them on fans did you hear about that uh, no. people <laughs> would do all these crazy things to like rack up points it's pretty funny I remember like Knox vouching for me. We went to the Montauk Project. That was amazing. That's when I got to meet people from all these other groups. Mm. Bridge Runners, Black Roses, uh, Rasa, all these other groups. I met them at this um, event and I got to bring all that back home. Yeah. And that's when I was like, yo, Josh, there's so much more shit going on than what we think. Like mm. Uptown is a speck mm. compared to like the, the global movement that's going yeah. on. We went to Bridge Runners that week met Sace and Cedric that was really dope I remember like going down to Bridge Runners and having to run like two bridges I was pissed because I thought we were going to go down for like a social 5k and then it ended up being like an 8 mile run we ended up we crossed the Brooklyn and the Manhattan Bridge Yikes. I was livid I'm like bro like, this is not what I expected on a Wednesday yeah. my body my body was destroyed but it was dope because we got emerged into like crew culture and what it meant to be part of a crew and it wasn't until Bridge Runners came up town and we're talking to Sace and we're talking to Cedric and they're like, we run up town sounds really, really long. Josh and I always did, like, we were, we were into graffiti, we were talking to Sace and they're like, how about we abbreviate it? Like, you know, like a graffiti crew, like yeah. it would be X, Y, and Z crew. Yeah. So we abbreviated, we run up town to WRU crew. Yeah. And then we created an Instagram and it was, it was golden after yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. That was all in the span of like five to six months. Yeah. Of starting it to the point where you're calling it Ruku or no, just no, kind no, of meeting of like those guys? Meeting those guys and then creating an identity. Like that yeah. logo, that run, our first logo was a scope and it was inspired by um, Public Enemy. Yeah. Where it was like we were the young guys and it's like we had like a target on our back. Like everyone yeah. expected us to fail. Mm. Everyone. I, I know at first we were really annoying because one, we were from uptown and no one from uptown was running downtown. Yeah. And we brought like a completely different. Uh, vibe a completely different attitude and like we were we were obnoxious like we would go to these events and like spray each other with coronas like, <laughs> like it was champagne and like we would stand on top of tables and it, it, we would do things that we would normally do uptown but yeah. now we were around a completely different demographic and everyone was older than us yeah can you tell me a little bit about uptown and where you grew up and maybe paint a picture too of what a real crew runs like for me i didn't realize what a feeling it was to just be running like almost like you're skateboarding in the street through you know the bronx through washington heights so can you tell me just a little bit about 
kind of like where you grow up and what it means to have Rue Crew where you grew up first. What differentiates Rue Crew from all the other groups, most of the people that come run with us are from the neighborhood. They're not transplants. They're not coming from Brooklyn, from Queens. So when we get 60, 70 people at a run, those are 60, 70 people who live north of Central Park. Yeah. Yeah. Who live somewhere in the vicinity or they live in the Bronx or they live in Yonkers, but they live close. They, they, they resonate with the neighborhood versus like a bridge runner where everyone comes from all different parts of the city yeah. to run with bridge, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So that neighborhood's new to a lot of people. Our people, this is their neighborhood. So you, they feel empowered. They know where we're going. While we're running, people stop and yell. Like I've seen people like stop and bump into their moms or their aunts or yeah. their high school teacher or their kindergarten teacher because this is our neighborhood. Yeah. So what we started Uptown is for our neighborhood. We love when people from outside of Uptown come north of Central Park and we're able to show them the sounds and the views and and they get to hear that loud car blasting bachata or see the guys on the corner playing dominoes because that's something that you might not see in Queens or you might not see on the Upper West Side or you might not see in Jersey. So it's dope to have these these people who who are in their own neighborhood experiencing something that wasn't there five years ago, three years ago. And why does it matter to you to do that for Uptown, to do it for the Bronx? The youth is lost uptown. Like, it's sad. It's gotten to a point where, and, and I was talking about it with my coworker yesterday, and I, I call them kids, but they're not kids. They're 21, yeah. but I'm 27. When I was 17, these kids were 11, so I still consider them kids, you yeah. know? And it's like you walk down the block now, and these guys are, like, on the corner selling dime bags of weed. And the reason I say dime bags is because they're not making any money. So that's what frustrates me. It's like these kids need outlets, we used to have PAL, which was like a police athletic league. And even though I, I sucked at basketball, I wanted to be there because all my other friends were yeah. there. You would bring two canned goods and $20. You got a t-shirt and for the next 16 weeks, so for the next 10 weeks, you were part of a basketball league. And you went every morning and every mo- every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. From 8 to 9, we did drills and then we had breakfast and then, and then we started the games till 1 o'clock. And each, and we played like intramural, uh, each team played against each other and everyone got to play whether you were good or bad. It was just fun. We had something to be a part of. Yeah. We had uh, FYI, Fresh Youth Initiative. We had um, after school programs like C- uh, CAS, Children's yeah. Aid Society. We had all these programs that kept us busy after school where, granted, we eventually started like smoking weed. Most people start smoking weed in, in high school, but we, we were still like on the right path. Like yeah. we would all want to go to school and when we cut school it would be like all right we cut school for two days all right guys i think we're wilding out now it's like we've missed two days of school this is probably like we should probably go to school tomorrow you know (laughs) like there was we had like a conscious something would tell us this is wrong Mm -hmm. and i feel like the kids now don't have that yeah it's like we weren't shooting each other we weren't stabbing each other like if you didn't like someone you got into a fist fight that's it yeah and that and it was done it was done after that now these kids are like 21 18 19 carrying around guns fighting grown men shooting at grown men and it's sad and it's because of those lack of resources yeah so that's like what we want to do we want to be that resource we want to be like it it might be too late for those 21 22 23 year olds because their decisions are made they're adults now but those 13 14 15 year olds who are now looking up to those 21 year olds it's not too late 
Yeah. We could have some kind of impact on their lives. You kind of mentioned this earlier, how the people who typically are running uptown are like middle-aged white dudes in short shorts. And when we talked to Ref and Patty, who run with you and Rue Crew, they were like, man, I used to look at runners and be like, that's not me. That is not me. And I'm from like suburban white land, and I totally get exactly what he's saying. It's just like the white short short running around Central Park. And it seems, you know, you're talking about these programs and a lot of them were like from your community to your community. And I think about Rukru and like the faces, the clothes, the style, everything seems to really be, I mean, you guys are from the Bronx. That seems so important to young people. Like, how have you thought about that? Like in creating your style, your approach, where you meet, where you run, all of that, so that it feels welcoming to people. I feel like the embodiment of our community is important because when I talk to a 14-year-old, it's very different than when someone who is from a different ethnicity and is 35, 40, 50 talks to that person. Because it's like our generations are so much closer and we have this, we've dealt with the same thing versus like someone my dad's age. Yeah. Like my dad has no idea what it, how hard it was for me growing up mm. or, or how hard it is for a 13-year-old now growing up. He can't even start to fathom the shit that we have to deal with. His obstacles were very different from my obstacles and that kid's obstacles. So when we talk to them or when I show up in some Yeezys or in some Gaxo or like in some Supreme to a run and a kid sees that, it's like, oh shit, this isn't lame this is cool Mm -hmm. and that's what josh and i try to like channel to these kids where like josh is coaching uh students at the armory now yeah uh i think this year he has an eighth grade class first day i go there i walk in there and josh has a third grade class this was like a couple years ago and i hear the kids say like he said something very disrespectful to a girl and i'm like and I, I was like, yo, Josh, he can't say that. And Josh is like, yeah, I know. But like, I, I was like, no, 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 no. He can't say that. He's a third grader. I didn't even know what that was in third grade. Yeah. So I pulled him aside and I'm like, yo, you can't talk to anybody like that. You can't talk to the girls like that. You can't talk to the guys like that. Have you lost your mind? And I'm like raising my voice. And Josh is like, yo, Hector, you don't even work here. You can't, you can't, like, you can't talk to these kids that way. But it's just like, it caught me by surprise. Because it's like, these kids need that, that stern hand and... And I feel like someone our, that gives a damn. Yeah, and our yeah. parents are too busy. It's not, and I don't blame the parent. It's the parents' fault, but the parents are too busy. They have to leave to work at seven a.m. They just drop the kids off at school, leave them in an after-school program, pick them up at six to go home, make dinner, find some time to help them with the homework, to then get to rest and then do the same thing the next day. They don't have time to check in to see yeah. what their kids are doing. You know, yeah. they assume the kids in school, yeah. but if they're not in school, it's how would the parent even know? Yeah, and. I feel like that's what we're doing. We're, 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 we're bringing something cool to the neighborhood. We're bringing something old and giving it a fresh, uh, yeah. a fresh new outlook. Yeah. It's cool to hear how Rukru has evolved and the community has evolved. And even before it was Rukru, but it very much started you know, with you looking for people to get healthy with. And it's evolved to, I don't know, welcoming other people and really thinking about what this means for the neighborhood and really what it means for, like, young people in the neighborhood. And it's insane because it started from a very selfish place. Like, yeah. Rukru was just about me getting fit. I didn't really care about if someone else got fit while I was getting fit. I was just trying to, like, yo, I'm going to use as many people that are around me to get healthy and to, and to like, get out of this funk. And over the last five years, I've been able to help more people than I have in the 21 years prior to that. Over the last five years, I've been able to see more of the world than I have in the 21 years prior to that. Over the last five years, I've been able to 
help my community more than I ever thought I would have in the 21 years prior to that. Yeah. And it's that moment of like self-realization where where you sit back and you're like, shit, this is very important. I treat Root Crew with more respect than I do my own job. And that's what feeds my family and that's my nine to five. And I've been at my job for five years and I've been at, and I've been doing Root Crew for five years. Root Crew gets more time from me than my job does. Yeah. When as soon as I get to work, instead of checking my work emails or focusing like, yo, what patient needs help or anything, the first thing I do is check Check my recruit hmm. email. Hmm. See what needs to get done for recruit that day so I can put it into my work schedule. Hmm. Hmm. And it's not what I should be doing, but it's like until recruit is the only thing that I do, I'm going to have to find as much free time that I can to dedicate to that. Because yeah. that's what's going to make a long lasting impact in my community. Yeah. So you guys have been doing this for five years. You have people show up at the same place in the Bronx every Monday night. Uptown, up to Washington Heights, yeah. Okay, Washington Heights. I'm a new New Yorker, so you can call me <laughs> <laughs> um, But you sometimes get 60, 70, 100 people coming out. You're five years in. If you had a magic wand and you could just kind of go do-do-do-do-do and, like, give Ruku anything, give the community anything for the next five years, like, what would that be? That would be a space. And it's, like, that's in our five-year plan, like, moving forward. Before we hit 10 years, our goal is to have a physical space for the community, similar to like an FYI or like a Children's Aid Society or our PAL. We want a building where we can have programs and resources for kids. And we don't want it to be like a drop-off location where it's like, you're tired of your kids on a Saturday, let me take you to... We want kids that want to be there. We want kids who want to be helped, who want to learn how to create a deck or who want to learn how to how to polish their resume or who want to learn like the art of public speaking or who want to use running as a tool to see the world. We, we want to have a little bit of everything there, have like screen printing workshops and photography workshops and videography workshops and just teaching these kids tools that are essential to be a creative in life. Everything Josh and I know we've taught ourselves. Photoshop, Final Cut Pro, how to create a deck, um, how to present something, how to write a proper email. These kids don't know how to. We've emailed kids like about opportunities and they write back and it's like, Yo, what are you talking about? Why are you writing this email like if you were texting me through AIM or yeah. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? It's yeah. like they don't know the proper protocol and it's things that should be taught in school and I feel like the schools might be missing the mark. And if we can reinforce those things at our building or our establishment, I think it'll be beneficial for the community and for the kids. Like that's our goal yeah. is to create a safe space for kids uptown to do stuff. If they if you want to be an entrepreneur, let us help you. Yeah. Like what is it that you want to do? You want to learn how to make t-shirts? Cool. Go to the second floor. We're gonna set you up. This is the lab. This is how you build the screen. This is how you use the squeegee. This is how you clean it. This is how you dry a t-shirt. Like all these skills that we know, this is what we want to bring to the community. Nowhere uptown, nowhere in the Bronx is there a space where you can teach kids skills that can help them everyone focuses on college and high school and x y and z but google just dropped that like you can work at google without a college degree yeah. if you have the proper tools and if you have the experience these kids aren't going to learn that gain that experience if all they have is the corner yeah. and the basketball court you know uptown people's dreams are is either i'm going to work in the medical field because that's what most latinos pitch to their kids like if you become a nurse you're going to be good you're going to make money but you're not going to be happy if that's not what you want to do or basketball or make music and it's like there has to be more there has to be more that these kids can do to help them overcome these obstacles 
And that's like our goal. If I had a magic wand, we'd have a space right now. Mm-hmm. And Josh and I would, that would be our full-time job. Yeah. Working with those kids and using Rue Crew and everything we've learned over the past five years with Rue Crew to embody that. Awesome. I don't know if that answered your question. Absolutely. It's realistic. Yeah. It's just, just being real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. Why does that matter so much to you? Why does the youth matter so much to you? Why does giving back matter to you? It didn't till I have two kids now. I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old. And uh, Hector and Hendrix are the most important thing to me besides Root Crew. It's like literally Root Crew and my family, uh, my girlfriend, my kids. Like Those are the things that matter. And everything I do, I say I do for them. And uh, a couple years ago, Josh and I were like, yo, we're doing all these amazing things for the community. And it wasn't until my kids were born where it was like, yo, Josh, what the fuck are we really doing for the community? Like, we're putting on these dope runs every Monday. We do these Nike events. We do this. We do that. We have this dope gear. But what are we doing? Like, what are we really doing? And Josh and I just kept asking each other that question. Like, we're not really doing much. We're not doing anything. This is cool. This is like, we've created fitness uptown. We've brought running uptown. And we have all these amazing people who meet up on Mondays. But there has to be a greater impact. There has to be a long-lasting impact like what we want is 20 years from now when 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 Hector or Hendrix comes to a Monday night run we want them to be able to be like shit like yo my dad started that and this is like longevity and outreach and it's important to me now because I know if I had this when I was 15 or 16 I would have stayed out of trouble there's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have gotten myself into because I had a we run uptown or I had a Hector or I had a Josh who cared who was there you know the hard part of this is like we care we care a lot but we also have to have jobs so we can pay our bills and that's what makes it a little harder for us because as soon as i wake up i drop my kids off and i go straight to work with these other kids i would have the time to create that bigger impact you know yeah we're doing as much as we can in our free time like all our free time goes to root crew and all these projects that we're trying to do but i we know for a fact if we had this five years ago if we had this 10 years ago when I was 17 or when I was 15 we know we would have gotten out we would have stayed out of trouble we would have been on the right path you know? yeah who knows where we would have been right now one of the things that we see a lot with different communities is people come at first for the activity it's like oh I came to go running but then they stay for the people and it seems like that's been true for you guys right you started for running but in the long run, this is all about people. My Mondays have replaced my Fridays. Monday is my social day. I want to go chill with my friends, and my girlfriend knows it, and it's like our argument every Monday, where it's like, yo, I cooked, Why? where are you? And I'm like, you know, it's Monday. I want to go chill with my friends. This yeah. is the day that we get to kick back. How was your weekend? We get to have a beer, we get to have a pizza. So. A lot of people see it as counterproductive, like, yo, you just ran, why are you drinking beer, why are you drinking pizza? But it's our opportunity to, like, kick it and, yeah. and just be together. Yeah. I feel like if we didn't have that component, when we used to run at Mitchell Square of the Park. After, of after, the after run hang yeah, that location every time. Yeah. We, we have the best location in New York City, well, besides Bridge Runners, but they have, like, a legit space. But before Bridge Runners had the space, we had the best location, we had Coogan's. After Coogan's, now we have Bodega Pizza. When we didn't have either that we were meeting at Metro Square Park, no one would chill after. Hmm. Whether it was winter or summer, we would come, we would run, and we would bounce. Yeah. Because there's nothing to do. No one wants to... 
loiter in a park in New York City. It's not fun. Yeah. So us having a- access to beers and pizza and a bathroom and yeah. and food, it makes people. It's inviting. People want to stay. People want to socialize. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where the getting to know you actually really happens. Yeah. Is like the time after when you're sitting down and having a yeah. beer. I've had drug dealers sit down with a surgeon and have a pizza and a beer, hmm. and they won't even know what they do for a living because that that wasn't their topic of conversation. Yeah. They were talking about Kipchoge or they were talking about shoes or they were talking about current events or Trump or whatever they were talking about. But you had two people from two opposite sides of the spectrum sit at the same table after a run and have a conversation. Yeah. Me and Josh will sit back and just laugh because it's like if they knew what they did for a <laughs> like These are two people that would never be talking to mm-hmm. each other. When would a drug dealer or a surgeon be having a conversation unless they were having a drug exchange? Mm-hmm. Never. <laughs> like there's no, or, or I guess he was, or, or unless the drug dealer was going to get surgery, they, yeah. would, they would never be talking. Yeah, absolutely. And they're here talking about current events and that's what the running community is. It brings people from all walks of life, from all ages together. There's no language barrier. Like we've had people from Asia come over that don't speak a lick of English and we We've had people from Dominican Republic, they don't speak a lick of English, and they'll sit together and they'll communicate in whatever way they can because at the end of the day, miles are miles, no matter if you jot them down in kilometers or you or you use miles, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's important. And that's what it is. It's like we're all together there just trying to have a good time and people being people. Yeah. We've never had an issue. It's been five years and we have yet to have like a, a fight or, yeah. or any of that. No one's gotten anything stolen. And like I've brought my laptop and left it there. Anyone could come and be like, oh, I'm running and then grab shit and bounce. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's not that kind of place. It's a safe place. Maybe yeah. after they hear this podcast, they will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Heck, thank you so much. That oh, was thank you, really thank great. You, thank you. No, for sure, for sure. Thanks for doing what you do, man. No, thank you, man. Thank you for the opportunity <laughs> to sit down. And, you know, I love talking about this. <laughs> If you want to learn more about Rue Crew, you can get all the info about them and what they're up to at weruntown.com. That's weruntown.com. You can also tune into their very creative Superfly Instagram account at Rue Crew, W-R-U Crew, no spaces. Or, or you can show up at you know, 7 p.m., 7.15 at Bodega Pizza in Washington Heights. Was it 196th Street? It's up there. It's up there. Yeah, they're there every single Monday. Uh, If you want to find out more about us, Bailey, Kevin, People & Company, our website is people-and.com or shoot us an email, hi at people-and.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. See you next time. Later. Later.